Welcome to the podcast of Fellowship Church in Dallas, Pennsylvania. To find out more about Fellowship Church, visit fellowshipefc.org. Hello, welcome to the podcast of Fellowship Church. My name is Carl Durley. I'm one of the pastors here at Fellowship, and I'm really pleased today to be able to have this interview with uh, Mark Simpson and Frank Yamrick, and we'll find out more about them and, um, and the experience that they just had in going to Bolivia. In the name of the Lord and um, in the name of our churches, and we wanted to give everyone a chance to hear more about that and, and what God's doing there. Um, uh, first of all, just to let you know, this trip was uh, in, in a partnership with Ebok. Ebok is a, a word you will hear in this conversation, and uh, I actually l- looked it up and practiced my pronunciation. Ebok stands for Institutas Biblicas de las Americas y el Caribe. In the Caribbean, which, yeah. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the Institute for Biblical Study in the, in the Americas and the Caribbean. Uh, it's a Bible institute designed to provide training for pastors and other church leaders in Latin America. It has roots in the EFCA. It operates under the framework and leadership of the EFCA Reach Global, that is the Evangelical Free Church of America, of which our church is a part. And uh, Reach Global is the international missionary expression of the EFCA. And the mission of EBOC is to equip pastors and leaders in Latin America through mobile, modular, theological education in partnership with local churches. And so as a local church, uh, we at Fellowship are in the midst of a seven-year commitment to a particular region of Bolivia, working in tandem with uh, with another EFCA church, to send teachers and trainers over the years to teach through uh, the Evangelical Free Church Statement of Faith. Um, By the way, we highly, of course, uh, support and recommend uh, our EFCA Statement of Faith. You can find that on our website. And uh, there's an accompanying book called The Evangelical Convictions, which is the theological exposition of our Statement of Faith. I'd highly recommend that. I can put that in uh, in the notes for this uh, podcast as well. So, um, without any further ado, with us today, Frank and Mark, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank Good you. to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you could be here. Um, maybe you could just start off by uh, introducing yourself and tell us about how long you've been at Fellowship and, and how God led you here. Who'd like to start? Okay, I'll go. Since we're in this room, it's interesting. Uh, I started, uh, I became familiar with this church after I moved up here about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was attending another church locally, and I ran into a gentleman, don't want to drop any names here, uh, who we were doing a community-wide event outreach over in Wilkesbury, and I found out you had a men's group here. Mm-hmm. And the church I was in at the time didn't have one. And I began to gradually come on Saturday morning when you'd have breakfast up here. And that's how I got introduced to the church. And... Uh, I've I've lived in this area for eight years, and I guess about half of it now I've been at uh, Fellowship Church. Great. Thanks, Mark. How about you, Frank? Now, me and my wife both grew up in the Catholic households, and we accepted the Lord in 1984. And we stayed in the Catholic Church for about seven years after that, um, and then realized we weren't really getting fed properly, and we we decided to go and try three different churches for six months each, um, and Fellowship was the third church. So we're already 30 years wow. into this relationship <laughs> that we've been coming here, and we have been blessed by by the church. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, so you both uh, got back recently from your trip to Bolivia. How long was the trip? How long were you gone? About 10 days. Okay. Um, had you had background in other mission trips before this, or have you been involved in a trip quite like this before? Go ahead, Frank, because I know you have a lot of experience. <laughs> Well, uh, me and my wife uh, did serve in Russia for five years, uh, back from 96 to 2001, mm-hmm. um, for short-term trips. Uh, I was just in the Ukraine um, in September of last year. I had been there a few times. Uh, Carl knows we've gone with their church, has done English camps in the Czech Republic uh, a number of times. This is my first time into Spanish-speaking or the Southern Hemisphere. Cool. Um, and this type of specific training was a little unique for me. Okay, cool. How about you, Mark? Well, being all those years in the Army, uh, I traveled quite a bit. But to be on a formal, um, I guess I should use the word organized Mm -hmm. mission trip as this is, and it's very well organized. Um, No, I I don't think I've I've ever had anything like that happen before. I I think it's really great. Neat, neat. Did you have any concerns, or what were your concerns leading up to the trip? What were you really praying about just in anticipation of it coming? Well, I had a personal concern walking around on a cane, but uh, the Lord came through with that. And, of course, I wanted to make sure that what we presented was consistent with the mission of uh, Ebok and what the, the, the head gentleman, uh, Jim Wilson, his vision was and what we were to be doing and to really make sure that at all times, personally, that I was a testimony to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that I reflected him, and I reflected this church, because I'm ref- I'm representing this church on the mission field. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How about you, Frank? Concerns leading up to it? Well, just to know that we understood what we were presenting and how to present it. Um, I was very grateful Mark had arranged for uh, a time with uh, Jim to go over this. So we had a phone call on a Friday to just get a good understanding because they give us about a, a page of material and then we're speaking for, you know, 45 minutes. So if, if you just read that page, we can be done in four minutes, you know, without a translator. Mm-hmm. So we got to fill in the rest. Even, even saying that it's still very structured, you know, there, there's enough there, but uh, just to know what we're supposed to do. That's I would cool. also say if I could, that the other side of that coin and, and, and Frank is absolutely right. You could, you could zip it off in a heartbeat, but the other side of that, the beauty of it is it gives you some freedom and some latitude to either interwove your own story or to to talk to them of your personal experiences and how God has worked in your life and pass it on to those those leaders you're teaching there. That's I neat. think that's really neat. Yeah, so for during these 10 days, how many, tell us about the teaching experience. Was it all day long, mornings, afternoons, how many hours, what, what was that like? We taught in the evenings. Sometimes on some days we were able to go out and see individuals. I was, I was just meeting with a gentleman this morning, and I was able to relate to him that, and I know Frank remembers this, we had a, a wonderful, beautiful young couple, Christian couple, come to visit us at the apartment. Marcelo, the, the pastor down there at the church, he brought him in to see us. And this gentleman is trying to, he and his wife and their beautiful child there, they're trying to reach people in their small northern Bolivian community uh, with soccer. Mm-hmm. 
and they're they're praying for the needs to be met to, so they can do that and and you, you really sense a lot of spiritual warfare we pray for them. those are things during the day and and during the night uh we started what was it seven was it about seven o'clock yeah we had a wonderful lady i got a picture of her i took her picture every night she brought us cheddar biscuits <laughs> And I sometimes sit in my house and I think about those cheddar biscuits. But anyway, um, it was, uh, it was, it was, we usually tried to go through four areas per night. Some nights we didn't, some days we could. And it okay. takes roughly about a half hour for each one. Okay. Okay. Each so module. I guess we call it a module. So a, a couple couple hours of teaching each night yeah, and then we generally weren't getting out till 10 and that, that's true okay, maybe yeah. a few hours okay <laughs> yeah, so you kept going longer yeah and then um did you get to interact a lot with the with those who were there to be to be taught get to know them um was there uh, a lot of conversation yes yes beautiful people and i don't mean that in a in a political framework mm -hmm. i just mean you can see how the lord is working in their life and their eagerness to want to know God's word mm -hmm. and want to have a better grasp of what God has called for them in their life and how they can relate God's word to the people in the churches that they, they lead or shepherd. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me more about those who decided to attend. Uh, I assume that they came from that region, from maybe some from pretty far away. Were they all pastors? Help us to just get to know this, this student body. Who, who are they? And why were they there? Yeah, I don't know what the upper age limit were. I mean, there were some people that were noticeably 40s, 30s, uh, mm -hmm. some in 20s. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pastor's daughter was probably the youngest one there. She was a teenager still. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, because her dad was there. Yeah. She had the yeah. opportunity to go through the training. Um, a, a lot of them we saw serving in the church as well. Or in the, the first, first Sunday we were there, we went to a different church who was also sending a large number of people here so there was a number of people from their church that had shown up there as well mm -hmm. there were the, the missionary couple that he had spoke about already they were coming and they were from the edge of the the province so they had quite a distance to get to where they were going they traveled each day back yeah. and forth i don't know if they traveled each day if they were in town okay mm -hmm. no, they could because yeah. some nights you would have some you know that couldn't make it there was a lot of young people there mm -hmm. it was beautiful it's beautiful i mean these, and there's young people, and I think of one young man, his name is Christian. And he and I developed kind of a relationship. I would say he's about 20, 21 years old. And before I forget, we, we have to talk about Wampy, <laughs> our translator. I mean, mm -hmm. great guy. He's, a, he's an engineering student in Cochabamba, a nearby town. And uh, he's the son of missionaries. And we've we've had some conversations since I came back. But... Uh, his real name is Juan Pablo. We okay. call him Wampy, but okay. Juan Pablo was—he I mean, he really was a lifesaver. He he went with us everywhere, not to mention he translated and, and so forth. But I, I, I had relationships with Christian and some of the other young people out there, who uh, you know they they want to know about the Lord. They're eager to understand what you know God's will is for their life and to understand God's word. They're also and I, and I say this for anybody the church is listening. They really want to know about Americans too. Hmm. They want to know what what it's what it's like. You know, some of them would like to get on a plane and come here, I guess. But but it's uh, it's it's really an open opportunity to to reach out and 
reach a group of people that genuinely want you to be there hmm. and are appreciative of you being there and uh, uh, doing so through the gospel. That's a great environment to teach in. When you oh, yeah. Well, e- those eager the atmosphere is a little warm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it is, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to emphasize the poverty, but we all know the situation in Central and South America. Mm-hmm. And these folks, for them to be so open to come from that kind of background mm-hmm. is really amazing. It's obvious that God is doing a work there. Mm-hmm. Now, we would arrive at the church where they were doing the teaching um, at least an hour early normally, and people would be showing up so to have lots of time to talk and interact with them. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I had very limited Spanish, and they had limited English, but they would strive to communicate. And um, Cool. Cool. The other thing, the, the night we were leaving, we, we were able to present for a young adults group. Um, and as I was talking there, I was just amazed at the depths of their questions mm-hmm. that they were asking, uh, um, just their spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say half the people at that group were people that were at the conference. Hmm. Um, wow. Neat. What's what was the immediate area like? You said you said it was warm. What, were you in a city? Or was it in a? I uh, think we were in the main. Uh, what do you call it? The downtown part mm-hmm. of. Yeah, we're Santa about two Cruz. kilometers from the actual square. That's the center of the city. Okay. And they have rings that go around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were on what's the second ring around the city. Okay. Okay. And we were close to a Starbucks. Uh, really? Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, the, the church was on more in the outskirts. Okay. Right. It, okay. it took us half hour, At least 40 a half minutes hour, to, to yeah. get to the church each night and back. And what were your accommodations like when you were there? Uh, well, I will say this. To be perfectly honest, we didn't rough it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, very com. It was comfortable. It was yeah. comfortable. Yeah. So we even had a swimming pool. Wow. Not for our apartment, but up at the top of the, the apartments. So. Uh, neat. Well, so Ebach deliberately utilizes American teachers. What why do you think a trip like this would utilize Americans for something like this? And could you also respond to maybe the criticism the criticisms that are out there that American missionaries, you know, they just wanna make other people like Americans um, or, they, you know, make them more like Americans, like some sort of colonization and that kind of thing, something. There's, it's being framed in a very negative way in some circles. How would you respond to that criticism, and, and why is it important that we as Americans go uh, on a trip like this? Well, I just want other people to love our God. Mm-hmm. So. so you went in his name yes. to, to go with that, with that as your motivation. Why does Ebach utilize Americans uh, for this in particular, do you think? I would think because of the the opportunity to channel through the local church mm-hmm. and with our organization and local churches. Uh, I think there. I think the great thing about mission trips like this is is very obvious. You see how the other half is and how the other half lives, and it's great that they were able to interact with Americans. And it was really helpful to me. I, being in the military, you know, I, I had been around some poverty-stricken parts of the world, Middle East, so forth. Um, but it was important to recognize that Jesus Christ transcends boundaries. Mm. 
our relationship with God is ultimately. That's what heaven's going to look like. Mm-hmm. If it looks like anything, we'll be multicultural. And if you can't do it now, you might, well, you might as well get used to it because <laughs> you're going to be doing it for all eternity. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we have the understanding that there's not many Bible institutes down there. Like this is kind of a new thing within <clears throat> South America. Mm-hmm. Um, because of their heritage before going back a generation to a generation ago was highly Catholic, and that's changing quickly. So they don't have a lot of people that are have been taught formally. Mm-hmm. And you have some people will go and just, you know, what little they go, they will go and start a new church. Mm. So at this point, the, the pastors we're interacting with uh, down there feel it's a good idea for us to come in. They like the structure. They know what the course material is for this, and they're okay with that desire that to be presented in there. I think there is a little bit of they're bringing in a special guest, so it makes it easier for them to draw people to the conference. Okay. Um, So a little bit of that Mm -hmm. maybe prestige type thing of we're bringing an American in. But but for the most part, I think the way the course is presented, it's presented as understanding the Scripture and learning the Scripture. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything really American about it incense it seems to fit well with their culture and how they expect to be taught uh, you could just see it in the participation of of their how they interact with this during the course i also think 10 days is a good time mm-hmm. that's a right that's a that's i mean there you could use a little more to do this here or there but it's a good time they don't get too used to you and you don't begin to just see it you know some other way than what it's really intended to be mm-hmm yeah, I think to also to speak to that that criticism is that you are there um, investing in those who will in, who will carry carry the gospel. They're the ones doing the disciple making, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the local leaders. It's the local uh, people, you know, bringing the gospel. But you're going to to share what you have to invest in them, and to there's a multiplying impact. You're not going to establish something that depends on us forever. You're going to invest and you know play that role uh, for for a period of time, um, and then they will continue and make disciples there. You know, indefinitely. Yeah, the students coming out of this will be able to do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, uh, what are the What do you see as benefits to international missions work in particular? Maybe there's some people in our church who haven't been involved internationally at all, um, uh, t- particularly for a missions type trip um where where do you think the believers in christ can what what are the benefits to interacting with people from different cultural contexts in a in a ministry endeavor like this how about you frank since you've done so much so much of that (laughs) well well, one is just the opportunity to to live out christ to 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 meet somebody from different cultures uh to to love them to uh Mm -hmm. interact with them just the fact that we go down, we try to learn a little of the language, um, endears people. You know, as they they interact with us, they see someone else from a different country is concerned about them and about their their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I know as we look through, I'm on the missions committee here at the church as well. As we look through opportunities, we want to make sure that what we're doing is productive in a sense, not not just handing out American culture, not just mm-hmm. enforcing our attitudes of what should be done but that we're really partnering with the church that's there, that what we're doing is, is positive and um, not creating dependency, not creating 
right. different situations that would be negative to the church that's there. Part of the equation of social injustice is racial or ethnic stereotyping. Mm-hmm. This helps break down those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. If we are faithful to the mission that Jesus has given, the, the call to take the gospel or to teach groups like this, well, we're not just a grubby American out for a buck. Mm-hmm. And when we go down there, we understand, we see these folks, they don't have the material that we have, but you see their love for the Lord. And you see their willingness. And like Frank was talking about that last night, he did the teaching, talking about Russia to those young people. And we were getting ready to go catch the plane. And I was just sitting there soaking it up. Mm-hmm. Those young people were just... Um, able to glean i think a lot of things that otherwise without frank being there they would have not been able to understand yeah and it was it was really uh, an equal you go to bless and you get blessed in yeah. the process yes. yeah. mm-hmm. and that that's that's ultimately that's how it works it just does yeah what comes to mind as a favorite moment of the week where you say that that, that was that really blessed you in particular and you think of a a conversation or a moment that stands out to you well, I think, um, well, I guess I'll say it. One of the things I did before I left, Frank knows all about this, was I took a placard downstairs and I drew it up with in, in, in the genres of the Bible, 512, 5512, and I did it in Espanol. Cool. And I, I, left, I had the placard, I took it down there. Matter of fact, I got that little rhyme from Dr. Mark Yarbrough at Dallas Seminary, yeah. and I sent him the video this week, and he was just wow, I can't, fabulous <laughs> man, because it had been tra- his his little thing had been translated in Spanish. But I wanted to do something tangible from this church mm-hmm. to them, and I drew it up and and I gave it to Marcelo. He has it, as I understand it now, in his office, mm-hmm. so that anyone who wants to go back over it or, or re- review our lesson on genre, they could just look at the chart and there it is. That's great. That's great. Yeah. How about you, Frank? And I think the, the meeting with the, the, the young adults group uh, on the last night was uh, one of my highlights. Mm-hmm. And then also they did spoil us with one dinner that was just excellent. They, they took us to a uh, Brazilian-Argentinian steakhouse. Wow. Is that the we, Sunday dinner? Was that the um, Sunday? That no, was, no, was the midday one that we did with uh, when Jim Wilson came in after uh, okay hmm. that sounds good yeah <laughs> but the one Sunday wasn't bad either yeah yeah um, another thing I wanted to ask you about part of Evox mission is to work through partnerships with local churches and we've mentioned that a little bit before uh, in the areas where they serve why do you think it's important that this work that we're doing is partnering with local churches in Bolivia rather than EBOC just setting up, you know, getting a storefront and setting up an institute for Bible teaching and just doing it that way. Because you build relationships better this way. Hmm. I think the relationship model, you can see where Jim Wilson, the head of EBOC, which I call IBAC, but anyway, (laughs) uh, Jim Wilson and Marcelo Balcazar, the pastor there, and the other pastors and the other members that have gone before, you can see the relationship that has been developed. Mm -hmm. 
and when folks like us go there, it reinforces those relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when you use, I mean, the big umbrellas, I, I think are good, but I, I think this is a far more up close and personal way of dealing with the gospel and encouraging each other than perhaps you would get on a larger larger scale. Mm-hmm. Your question before about you're not just implanting American ideas on there. When you're working with the local church, you, you have direct feedback. You know, we're interacting with them. We're seeing how they respond. Yeah. And I think that's important because if if our teaching somehow got onto something that was just culturally American, mm-hmm. we would have the, the feedback from the pastor there. Right, right. Yeah, they are the local context. Yes. They are, and, and they're the ones with the responsibility. You know, I think of that question sometimes if, if – um, uh, the, the sense of responsibility for this area, for this region, you know, even our church here on Hildebrandt Road, I feel a, a sense of um, importance that we, God has planted us here to share the gospel here in this, in this locale. And, um, you know, if, if uh, somebody were to uh, minister, uh, probably different here um, in America where there tend to be a lot of churches in different areas, but especially if you were the only church around, there's only gospel preaching church around. There's a sense of responsibility for an outside organization from another country to come in and say, we're going to do this here and kind of ignore you. That feels disrespectful, yes. you know, because yeah. they're the ones, they have the responsibility of discipling in those regions. So we're, we're going to support and to cheer on and to, um, and yeah, to see God work through the local church. They're the ones that have to live with whatever happens when we leave. Yeah, they have the ownership. We're just a resource. Yeah, One of the folks we visited during the day was a was a dear lady she is uh, she has terminal cancer in her mother and we were able to go into the home and pray with her and talk to her on the larger scale I'm not sure you get opportunities like that mm-hmm. because I, I I can't speak for Frank and the others but I know that my faith was encouraged by the way she's facing eternity mm-hmm. and uh, and while you could run into that here it was certainly a it was certainly a good lesson when we were mm-hmm. there. We did that, you know, more one on one, so it wasn't it wasn't lost in any kind of bureaucratic shuffle, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. So so Marcello is the pastor of the church that hosts the in Santa that, Cruz. Uh, there. Yes. And then do you know how many churches were represented in the students that were there? I don't know the total number. Um I know his church had the largest number of people mm-hmm. and then there was uh the Brothers Church on Alemania Street had the second largest number. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the people from those still would have been less than half. So yeah. uh, there okay. were still other churches represented, but I don't know. The total yeah, maybe number. some of the churches only sent one or two. Yeah. It's, it's pretty neat to think that you help build those bridges between those churches as well in that region, that if they are you know, preaching Scripture, preaching the Bible, preaching the Gospel, that they can find some encouragement from one another as well. Well, the good news, too, is I think Frank and I behaved ourselves well enough <laughs> when we were there that if, for whatever reason, either one or both of us did not return mm-hmm. again, there would be no problem for anyone else coming from here to go. Well, that, that, yeah, amen. That's, that's good news. Um, yeah, uh, what would you say to those who maybe have never done anything like this before but do it but our (laughs) do it i mean you got to do it and i i I say that 
you, when you travel, number one, your eyes are open. Mm -hmm. Whether you're on a mission trip or not, your eyes are open. When you do it in the name of Christ, mm -hmm. it's like Acts comes alive to you mm -hmm. because you are participating in the Great Commission when you do it, whether you're teaching pastors or you're going on street ministries out there. So it, mm -hmm. it is the active putting legs, putting go in the gospel mm -hmm. and doing what Jesus commanded us to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to take the kind of spiritual quotations and, and say, Pray about it first and make sure God wants you to do it. <laughs> go. But if, he, but if he's leading you, don't don't hold back. Yeah, if he's leading yeah. you to go, follow. <laughs> don't don't disqualify yourself if God has yeah. already called you. Um, that's good. And then and then if somebody does have something like this in their future and they would just like to pre be prepared well for it, or maybe they whether they've officially signed up or whether they just think it's in their future, what what's your best advice you think for preparing <laughs> to be available to the Lord? Sign up for Babel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sign up for Babel. To uh, learn language? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the only thing I would do because I, I, my, my Spanish was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's that that's the only thing I would so recommend. So it wasn't necessary but helpful to have some Spanish? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. there was a translator there for anything that we needed them for. But, again, the interaction, especially outside, or even a you know, little that we were able to do during where we were speaking, um, just helps build relationships. That Starbucks yeah. was, and I laugh when I say Starbucks because Frank knows about it, the Starbucks jokes we had going there. I would walk down the hill to Starbucks, and I just wanted a coffee with cream and vanilla, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even remember how to how to get. They asked simple. I know it's simple questions, hmm. and I couldn't even remember how to talk to them. And I was so embarrassed. And that's where it goes back to the first tour I had in Europe years ago in the army. You know, don't be a wise guy American mm -hmm. who expects them to talk to you in English. You talk to them in their language. Mm -hmm. And I just felt about that big. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the only thing I would say. Yeah. You don't have to be fluent. But you you want to have some kind of rudimentary understanding of the language if you don't. And then the other thing would be read your Bible every day. Have mm -hmm. an understanding because you're going down to teach. Again, they're giving you a certain format to follow, a certain principles, but you do have to fill in with that. So you, you want to know your scripture. You want to know your yeah. faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think all of that demonstrates humility. I mean, humility to submit yourself to the to the Word and even just in the preparation of the language. When you when you muddle through uh, those conversations, I think you're demonstrating humility as you. Uh, well, I wanted to say about the language, honestly, if you're praying, I, I think the language thing will take care of itself, and it shouldn't be a barrier. If you feel God's leading you to go, I would say go. But uh, if God's leading you to go, and you can work on the language, but don't let that be a barrier to keep you from going. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, letting us know about the the trip. I think uh, we have a, a great sense of that. Anything, any closing comments before we, we wrap it up here today? Well, I would love to go back next year, Lord willing. I'll pray about it, Frank. <laughs> and uh, and it's just it's just wonderful to have the opportunity to serve like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. and I do feel there is uh, a lot of benefit in having. Yeah, at least somebody return the next time. Mm -hmm. uh, the guy from the partner church from. I think he's Minnesota or was it? Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Mike Neely. Yeah, that came down with us. And just to see all the relationships he has established because he's been there before. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I think that's important for continuity. I mean, there is still room to bring more people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Jim Wilson is kind of who's the head of IBAC is helping out as we're getting started. So he was one of the speakers. You know, Mike is there helping out. There, there's room for more people from our own church to go down cool. and to expand out and to free them up to go do other things. <laughs> Great. And I think it's important to recognize that ministry is growing. Mm-hmm. And and I, I don't know, I don't want to get in the way of the elders or missions here to portend what this church may do. But I, I know you can just see if the Lord tarries, other opportunities are going to present themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And those of us who are so inclined or feel led to look at options or opportunities like this, there will be more forthcoming, I'm sure. Yeah, there, there's lots of ch churches that are ready to do this if they can find partnering churches awesome. that come down. So, Awesome. Well, once again, thank you all for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Mark. And um, for more information, everyone, you can always check fellowshipefc.org. Um, check out our statement of faith, which is uh, part of what EBOC is teaching. And uh, well, any questions, feel free to contact the church. But uh, God bless you. Keep following God as he leads.